Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Devils Talking Padres. I'm Dominic Stern, joined by Bobby Murphy here at Arizona State University. Our final episode together before uh, departing from here uh, in the summer. But uh, we're, we're still excited to bring you uh, coverage, uh, whether it be remote, uh, together, or solo uh, for the upcoming Padres season. The Padres had another phenomenal series this time in Pittsburgh. Uh, did not get the sweep, which, of course, is... Uh, you know, a lot to ask for on the road, but the Padres did win the series, took two out of three games and lost in extras in game number two. Bob, what were your, uh, what were your thoughts on the series? I mean, main thing for the series, which we saw in the last years against Cincinnati, the offense is still looking good, scoring seven runs, six runs, and five runs. I know that's less than the last series, but we're not scoring two runs, three runs, or one run a game like we were against the Dodgers. And even though it's against two, very, very, not even just subpar, just not, not good teams. Uh, Padres got to capitalize and do what they can do. And the offense did look good this series. The offense has kept it going ever since uh, playing well in Cincinnati, which is of course, I mean, especially this year, the best place to get your offense going, especially against that really bad pitching staff. And it was uh, encouraging to see over the last three games, although the offense wasn't quite enough to get it done in game number two, but Potters received more good starting pitching uh, you Darvish got it off to a good start. Uh, wasn't his best start, but was able to uh, get through five solid innings. And then in game number two, Manaya was able to have another quality start. Uh, did allow three earned runs, but put the Potters in a position to to win the game. And then Joe Musker once again had another quality start. Every single start he's had, so in six plus innings, three or less runs, and he kept that streak alive and the strength of the Padres team continues to be that strength. And with the offense improving, it, the Padres are looking extremely dangerous. Yeah, and the Padres one, two, three starting pit pitchers in the rotation, all of solid this series led three runs and then seven runs in that walk-off loss and then two runs on Sunday. But like you said, Darvish didn't look phenomenal, but he was looking, he was looking fine. Shamanaya again being consistent for the Padres, and then Joe Musgrove looked really good in his, in the start on Sunday. Did a lot of seven hits, no walks, and eight Ks over seven innings. And Joe Musgrove has just been so consistent for the Padres though over the past this season at last. But the Padres rotation looked pr- pretty good this series. It's looked good all year, and I, I certainly wouldn't expect that to not continue going forward. And like you mentioned, the offense carried over what it had done. Uh, at one point I had a streak of four straight games scoring seven plus runs. And that was especially encouraging to see after the really bad offensive series, of course, against the Dodgers, their really talented pitching staff uh, scored seven in game one against Pittsburgh scored six. Uh, albeit that extra run in the extra innings coming from that ghost runner uh, in game number two, and then scored five runs in the third game. So the offense has kept it going. What have you seen from the offense? And the offense with the Padres have been getting a lot of hits this series. The, uh, they've also been allowing a lot of hits, but seven hits in the first game, seven hits in the second game, and then 11 hits in the last game. Just consistent hitting. They're getting guys on base and just clutch on base situations, getting sack flies when they need, hitting gaps when they need to, especially get those insurance runs in Sunday's games. But they've just been clutch when they've needed to come up big. And Hosmer and Machado are still yet to really come back towards the pack. And I think that's been extremely important. You know, those two guys were clearly the best hitters in the month of April. Profar was behind them, especially with his power. And then Ha Sung Kim really emerged towards the end of the month. And he had a heck of a series 
here in Pittsburgh uh, included a monstrous home run to left field. As long as those guys keep it going, Trent Grisham is starting to get it going a little bit. Jake Kernworth is having some good at bats. He's putting some good wood on the ball. Austin Nola, Jorge Alfaro, they're, they're being comparable uh, catchers behind the plate. Those guys are going to keep it moving forward. And we finally got the roster announcements uh, for the end of the month. Pedro Avila and Luis Campusano were both sent down for the San Diego Padres. What did you think of those two moves? You know, with Campusano, I know when we talked about that in the last episode, uh, he was one guy who I also thought we, we said he was a, he was an option to go down, but I thought they would have kept him up just for more bats. Matt beat Matt made. He's not looking good at all for the Padres and Campusano. I know we already are holding th- three, three catchers, including him, but to have him get at bats for the DH, I did like to see, but sending him back down trip away. Well, he'll get, of course, more consistent at bats will be better for the Padres and for Campusano himself. Yeah, I agree. And, he, he didn't serve any time behind the plate as a catcher, but he did get some time at DH and it didn't do all that much, but uh, him getting at bats is never a bad thing, especially if he can gain some confidence down in El Paso. You'd, you'd like to assume that he's going to be up in the majors at some point in the near future, especially with the injury history that Austin Nola has. And especially if some other hitters go down and the Padres just want to put him in as a guy who can be a DH uh, that's certainly a spot that he could go to. And I mean, Luke Voigt uh, should be coming back from the IL at some point during the series. He went on it uh, mid act retroactive to the 23rd against Los Angeles. So uh, he'd be eligible uh, on Wednesday to come off. That is of course, if he's ready after his 10 days, Will Myers uh, not too far behind either. So uh, the, the Potters got some options. They got some bats that are potentially going to come back And this offense. Like we mentioned that has gotten better, could get some of its big bats who, who definitely struggled, but uh, you know, there's no reason to believe that Myers and Voigt aren't going to be significantly better than what they've shown so far. Yeah. You mentioned some of the other guys on the Potters, Grisham, Kim and, and uh, CJ Abrams, but Grisham last two games has really picked it up five hits combined in, in the last two games. On that Friday game, Kim went two for four with two runs, two RBIs, and a home run. He looked great. That game on Sunday, CJ was two for three with a run. And I know there's still there's now heating up, at just a short sample, but I love to see what we're seeing from them. And because those those would be big at bats, bottom of the order for the Padres if these guys can stay consistent. And Gresham continues to bat up at that top of the order. And a lot of Potter fans were getting pretty aggravated, but I mean, Grisham has sustained a pretty good track record with the exception of the second half of last year uh, of just being a consistent, hardworking at bat. And when he was injured last year, that certainly changed. Uh, it, took, it took him a couple of weeks uh, to get it going in the season. I expect for him to keep it going. You know, how, how far he goes along in terms of having a good season. I, I don't know, but uh, it was certainly easy to tell that Grisham was just you know, fighting his footing early on in the season. And that's stuff that you got to hope for out of Myers and out of Voight. And it, it's important with the offense and how they're playing right now. I think they should not rush back Voight and Myers. Make sure they're 100% when they come back, they're ready to go and ready to ball for the San Diego Padres. Because, you know, if you put Myers all of a sudden in that lineup, Trace Thompson, who got called up uh, at the beginning of the series, had a good series. So you don't want to push him down if Myers isn't going to be uh, playing at hundred percent for the Padres and giving you the best quality at bats that he can. Cause no one's going to deny that Will Myers is a better player than Trace Thompson. 
and when they're at when they're both at their best, Myers is going to give the better at bat. But uh, you, you don't want to push that envelope. Yeah, and to keep them healthy will be will be big for this team. We saw having last year with the injuries. Uh, I'll be more on the pitching side that was, but for the, for this lineup, we all know what the infield can do. Hosmer and Machado are among the league leaders in hits, and I just want to see him, I just want to see more from the outfield. Grisham's heating up. When Profar, who started off hot, still leading the team with five home runs, after his 0 for four performance on Sunday, he's hitting 176 on the year. And I mean, we we know we don't expect him to hit 300, and he has cooled off a lot. But I'd still like to see around the 250, 260 range for him, and just consistent at bats where he's drawing walks or just getting on base, of course. But Myers and Wright, we saw him look pretty lost earlier in the season. Same with with Grisham. But if the Padres outfielders can just get a little bit better at the plate, that'd be really big for this lineup. Yeah, and for some bullpen guys, Stephen Wilson finally got a little bit touched up on Wednesday. He let a home run to Tommy Pham, which, of course, if you know anything about the Padres, you know, just kind of got to brush that off. Uh, former Padre doing former Padre things against the Padres. But uh, he, he finally kind of took um, a bad outing and a lot of two-run home run to Chavis in that Saturday loss uh, after Manny Machado, who's, of course, been just so fantastic uh, after he got uh, the Padres the lead. So that that was tough because, you know, I – at least speaking for myself, anytime Wilson had come in, I, you know, kind of expected him to get three outs because he had just been so dominant. So for her, for him to get that first kind of pushback, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how he responds over his next couple outings. Cause you know, he's a rookie. Uh, it's his first time in the majors and he's worked really, really hard to get to this point. And you know, that he's not going to want to go back to the minors. So uh, he and the rest of this bullpen are going to have to continue to adapt when, uh, when things don't go well for them, because that's it's baseball. It's just how that stuff happens. And Steven Wilson has quickly become a fan favorite for Padres fans. He's just been so consistent. And of course, allowing that home run to tie the game after, after Manny put us up, which was awesome to see, but he's been, he, Wilson's been phenomenal for the Padres so far. And I'm not going to be worried over just one small one hiccup in his outings. It had to happen at some point and happening against the Pirates, of course, but he's still been the best, if not one of the best, with, of course, Taylor Rogers as the closer, but one of the best Padres bullpen arms this year, and he's been huge. Yeah, Rogers has been phenomenal, and, you know, he's on that all-star trajectory that all these Padres closers have. I mean, you think about the last Padres closers, you know, you had Mark Melanson last year, all-star. Kirby Yates, all-star. Brad Hand, all-star. Houston Street, all-star Heath Bell, all-star Trevor Hoffman, all-star. I don't think Joaquin Benoit was an all-star. Was uh, he's kind of Kimbrell was not an all-star that that's right. Kimbrell was not, that was like his one year where he wasn't an all-star uh, was his years as a Padre. And he was actually pretty good. He had like a two, four ERA that year, but Padres had some other guys who were able to represent them in the all-star game that year. But, you know, Rogers is certainly following suit. doesn't matter whether it's a homegrown guy it almost never has been. I mean, I don't think any of those guys with the exception of Heath Bell uh, have been homegrown Padres, but the Padres just have a good eye for those closers. And Rogers has certainly fit that mold. Yeah. And one player that looking at the Taylor Rogers trade, obviously we sent Melio Pagan and Chris Paddock to the twins. Stephen Wilson has showed up as a huge arm that Pagan was, was not what we had hoped most of the time. And 
Mackenzie Gore and even Nick Martinez have been huge for the Padres as starters. Of course, we'll get to Clevenger in a little bit, but the five possible six man rotation that really just throws Paddock away. And it looks like the Padres totally, or it looks like, yeah, the Padres totally won that trade as of now. Right. And there's been some trades that Padres fans, you know, chalked up as victories early on that we have quickly realized are not victories, at least at the moment. So uh, it's of course, you know, important to realize that these trades are very fluid. Uh, looking ahead to this upcoming series for the San Diego Padres, uh, it's just a two-game series against the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, the Guardians will then come to Petco Park uh, in the second half of the season. I'm trying to find that date. Uh, obviously not that important, but I might as well provide it for you. Uh, they will come in late August. So uh, it's going to be ultimately four games, but two right now. Uh, first game will be on Tuesday as these two sides have an off day as the guardians just had a West coast road trip. And I mean, Bobby, you pointed it out before we were recording, this team has been very streaky to start. Yeah, and as a fan, as a fan of that team, it's not even just win loss, win loss, win loss. It's like two wins, three losses, four wins, seven losses, and then they just swept the A's, but it's just been, has to be frustrating as a fan of a team to be watching just so, like 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 you said, streaky because they have been consistent with what's happening, but it just has to has to be tough to watch that as a fan. But this team still is looking is under five hundred, but they're still a tough team. Yeah, they've been a good team, and what they kind of thrive on is their pitching staff, and their offense has actually been uh, a lot better than people expected it to be. And they're a team that has a ton of potential because of that. And it, they're going to be a fun team to watch, especially with the AL central and how it's panned out the start, you know, the twins have kind of been the team that's jumped off to a hot start and everyone else, the Royals, the white Sox, the tigers uh, have, have kind of fallen behind and the guardians are just kind of in there in the middle. And uh, if they can get that offense rolling a little bit and the pitching staff is going to meet that high ceiling that they have, uh, you, you guys are looking at a team that could certainly uh, be one of the best uh, in that American league. But as for now, uh, this two game series, it's going to be in Cleveland. Uh, the weather in the East coast in the middle of the country has been very shaky as we kind of just saw on uh, Pittsburgh this past week. So hopefully the, uh, the weather is looking good there. The two pitchers, the potters will have going out there. His former pitcher for Cleveland, of course, he never pitched for the Guardians, but Clevenger is going to be pitching in his old home. Uh, Mike Clevenger is going to make his 2022 Padres debut, and he's actually going to pitch in a Padres uniform in front of fans for the first time. How excited are you for that? I am very excited. Honestly, I don't know what to expect after a second Tommy John. In his third start with the Padres, and obviously his best outing with the Padres, he went a complete game, seven inning, complete game, two hit shutout. And that was really the last we saw much of him uh, because he pitched one inning in his two starts after that because he got injured. They took him back for the series against the Dodgers and he walked three guys. And it was just an awful decision by the Padres staff and organization to throw him out there in a playoff game mm-hmm. with that injury. But honestly, I don't know what to expect. I want to, when, when Clemens healthy, he has been the epitome of consistency among MLB pitchers throughout his entire career. And he's been so phenomenal. He's been one of the most underrated pitchers over the last five, six years when he's healthy. But I also don't know what to expect after a second Tommy John surgery, but I'm expecting to go out there and 
get a quality start, not expecting anything too big of him. Don't expect him to go deep, maybe four or five innings. I would gladly take five innings from him coming off this injury because they're going to ease him back in still, even after a rehab, even after one or a couple of rehab starts. But I'm excited to see him. He's a, he's a fan favorite in the Padres got him. We love sunshine and it'll be fun to have him back on the mound. Yeah. I can't decide whether I like Clevenger starting this road trip or not, or starting this, uh, the series of games, because you know, you can look at it both ways. The Padres just had an off day and the bullpen is going to be rested to feed off of Clevenger, no matter how deep he goes in the game. But you also can look at it and say, well, at the same time, you'd like to get a solid start to start that. That way the bullpen is even more fresh to finish off this because you got two against Cleveland, four against Miami, three against Chicago. So it's nine games uh, in nine days. Uh, that's generally what you want, you know, cause you don't want, too many off days, you know, stacked in a, like in a span of a couple of weeks. Cause then, you know, at some point it's, you're going to have your long stretches like the Potters had to start the year with 14 games in 14 days. So I'd say that's ideal, but I'm not sure if I like the fact that Clevenger is going to be the one who starts this stretch. And it seems like the Potters are going to rock with a six man rotation for the time being. Uh, they have not activated Clevenger yet. So that is of course going to be, Interesting to see what the corresponding move is for that. You know, it is very possible that McKenzie Gore gets sent down. They could send down another reliever uh, or a position player. We don't know. There is no pitcher's limit. Uh, they ex- they extended it so that you don't have to have uh, a maximum of 14 pitches on your roster. You can have as many as you want. Uh, that is extended through the end of May. But for the moment, it's going to be interesting to see over the next two days who the Padres send down so they can activate Mike Clevenger. As for the other starter, Mackenzie Gore is going to make another start on the road. was fantastic in his last start, struck out 10 guys, uh, only went five innings. We're yet to see him complete six innings. Obviously, he's a rookie. You know, it's hard to ask too much out of him, but if he can really attack the zone against this Cleveland lineup that at times really struggles, uh, I'd love to see Gore have a good outing here. And for Gore... <laughs> two of his three starts have been against the Cincinnati Reds who are the worst team in major league baseball. But regardless, he's still been mowing down hitters. He's been looking good four walks and in 10 innings or six walks and in 15 innings in all three of his combined starts. That's nothing I'm going to be too, too worried about. What I'd like to see is the 20 strikeouts and 15 in a third. His stuff's been looking great. He's looking comfortable out there and can't wait to see how he does against this guardians lineup. Yeah, I, I think Gore's going to have a, f- a fun outing and it's going to be fun to continue to watch him. And uh, I'm certainly going to look forward to his potential start that he makes uh, uh, and the Potters homestand because, of course, I will be uh, at those games at Petco Park. Now, of course, uh, Gore is not a announced starter yet. That's just where this rotation is kind of picked up. Uh, so that is, of course, speculation there. For the Guardians, the two pitches they're going to have throwing out there are two of their best right-handed arms. Uh, Zach Plesak, uh, son of Dan Plesak, former major leaguer is going to be starting game one. And then Cal Quantrill, former Padres starting pitcher who was sent over in the trade for Mike Clevenger will be starting game number two. I mean, two right-handers, you know, you, you hope the lineup can, uh, get used to seeing the ball coming out of the right side in the series and, uh, put up some runs against these two very, very solid pitchers. And for Plesak, the first three starts of the year for him, he was really solid in all three of them. He did get hit really hard in his last start, but Cal Quantrill, who, Looking back on that trade, the Guardians, I mean, have all, 
at this point, obviously won the trade looking at it now due to Clevenger's injuries, but Quantrill has been really good for the guardians and the Indians in the past, but this year, 3.27 ERA, 27 strike, yeah. 10 strikeouts and 22 innings. So he's not getting, not missing a lot of bats that often, but that's what I like to see the Padres do. Just not strike out a lot and keep the ball in play and try to hit him hard. Yeah. And you know, Cal Quantrill, you, you don't know what you're going to get out of him. Uh, former Padre, of course. And th- there's a couple of other former Padres on this roster as well. Yeah, you were talking about it before the show. Uh, Josh Naylor's been playing well. Framo Reyes has not been playing well. Uh, we, we haven't seen that much from other Padres. Uh, Austin Hedges, you know, shocker. He's not hitting the ball well, but uh, that, that that's not his strength. We all know that. Uh, I think it's going to be fun to see some of these former Padres go up against a team. Uh, so long as they don't, you know, haunt the Padres like most of them do. Yeah. I mean, if I see a game where nail, if not even just nail and Reyes, if I see a game where this series of these two games where Austin hedges hits a home run, I, I will be speechless. Tell my fan, I can get over that. But if Austin hedges hits a home run against San Diego Padres, I don't know what I will do. I might scream, but yeah, with Naylor, I mean, Naylor Reyes, I mean, especially Reyes, he was a fan favorite in San Diego. Hedges, not so much. And Josh Naylor, he was, he was for a little bit of time. Yeah, he was, for a little bit until he forgot how to hit the ball. But, I mean, a lot of the players in this lineup are very good. Obviously, Jose Ramirez is, is an MVP favorite or top favorite this year with 28 RBIs in 22 games. He's been looking phenomenal this year, hitting 341, 1-1-2-8 OPS, and seven home runs. He's been, obviously, the Guardians' best player this year. Miles Straw, who's been a solid outfielder for them. Owen Miller has been hitting the ball very well. 1105 OPS with a 377 average. And then they have two other guys hitting above the 300 with, who have all played at least 16 games. So they have a lot of guys in the sign-up who can hit the ball and play, keep do it well. And they have been striking out a lot. Ramel Reyes, 38 strikeouts in 19 games. So almost half of that bat season striking out. He has really been struggling this year, but... I'm excited to see Reyes back against the Padres. He's holding dear and near place in my heart and all Padres fans' heart. And I know a lot of Padres fans. <clears throat> I know Padres. Pardon me. I know a lot of Padres fans wanted him back as DH somehow. Um, just over the past year or two, when DH has been talks, but he's not looking great this year, and he has just been a strikeout machine. But overall, this is a pretty solid lineup. Josh Naylor's hitting three thirteen, so. That's good for him. I wonder how often his hat has been staying on his head because I'm guessing you remember that every single time at his helmet would just go a wire, but yeah, top to bottom, this is a pretty solid lineup with a lot of guys who can consistently put the ball in play. Yeah. And it's been cool to watch him because he did tear his ACL last year, uh, recovering from that. Uh, it's been a lot of fun and it, it should be cool to watch these guys go up against a former team, uh, because we all cheered on these guys. Uh, before they left the San Diego Padres. You got anything else you want to add? Uh, no, just excited to see these former Padres and excited to see the Padres' first game against the uh, Cleveland Guardians. Yes, hopefully the Padres start off their uh, tenure against the Guardians 2-0. Uh, that's going to wrap up this episode of Devils Talking Padres. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, make sure to follow or subscribe to us on your preferred podcast platform. Uh, that way you don't miss our next episode, which should be coming to you Wednesday afternoon following the two-game series against the Cleveland Guardians. Make sure to follow Bobby and I on Twitter. You can find me at DMSTern19, and you can find Bobby at BobbyMurphy2000. 
and make sure to follow us at East Village Times uh, because we are an East Village Times podcast. Follow us at EVT underscore news on Twitter. That way you don't miss any time our eastvillagetimes.com's articles are being posted uh, just to show you how legit we are. Uh, ESPN with their draft coverage uh, was referencing some of the East Village Times articles about SDSU football players during the NFL draft this past week. So that was really cool. It's not just Aztecs and Padres. It's also loyal wave soccer's seals. You got it. Uh, it's going to be covered by us. So follow us at EVT underscore news uh, for all of our East Village times content and we'll catch you next time. Go Padres.